0: It's never more awkward to talk to anybody except if you don't know them. If you don't know them, it's very hard to talk to them. And we're going to talk about that this morning. I want to preach to you about the kind of prayers we need. The kind of prayers we need. And Colossians chapter 4, I want to read this to you. I don't think it will be a very long message this morning. I don't care if it is. If it's a a long message, I don't mind if it is. But I don't think it will be. I, I don't mind what kind of message the Lord has for me. If it's a long one or a short one. Um, but anyway, I want to hear what God has to say to me, and I want to uh, preach you a message this morning because I believe we need more prayer. I believe when hearts move and when uh, when tears are shed, I, it calls people to prayer. But I also believe it's a result of prayer, and uh, I don't think you can have a ministry with prayer. Everything you're ever going to do as a Christian begins with prayer. No prayer, no beginning. If you don't have prayer, you've got a false beginning, and you had a weak beginning, and we ought to have a, a strong beginning with Christ. We ought to everything we ought, everything we do ought to begin strongly. We've seen enough people in this lifetime start and stop, have not we? We've seen people determined within themselves to live for God, and then that only lasts just a few days. We need uh, we need power. And so, therefore, we need prayer. So I want to talk to you about the kind of prayers we need this morning. Uh, I want you to look down in verse number, uh, verse number, uh, verse. I guess verse number eight would be a good place to start. Uh, he's saying his uh, his farewells here. He's closing out. Sometimes you know I preach to you on on the beginning of these books, like Romans chapter one verse one, and Ephesians one verse one, and and a lot of times there's a lot of good stuff found in the openings of these Bible chapters, uh, Bible books. But here's uh here's one that has a lot of good stuff in in the closing. And so he says in verse eight, he says, "Whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts." He says with on- Onesimus. A faithful and beloved brother, who was one of you, uh, nothing more treacherous than reading Bible names. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. You get a, reading them big words, and I can't frame them sometimes. But we'll just make the best of them as we go through. Uh, uh, when I first seen that word, it looked like one Mess or something, one one Simus or something like that. Uh, Onesimus is the name, though. A faithful and beloved brother. Boy, we need some faithful and beloved brethren. We need faithful, we need faithful brethren and beloved brethren. Listen, you know what you ought to do. You ought to try to endear yourself one to another. Don't be hard. I see, I see, a, I see a trend in this last day of people trying to separate themselves. You know the Bible gives you very few things in the Bible that you can devise yourself from one another for. One would be fornication. One would be if you caused divisions, if you got some kind of, or if you're a heretic, got some kind of gross heresy or something like that, you're teaching something that would hurt the brethren. I mean, if it's not something like that, the Bible says, as much as life in you live peaceably with all men. And so we need to endear ourselves to one another, we need to love one another. And he said, Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, he said, somebody that you love. And he says, which is one of you, so one of your own people. In other words, when we get down to verse 12, he says again, "A Epaphras, who is one of you. In other words, Paul goes around, he's preaching to all these different places, all these different towns. And evidently he led some of these folks to Christ and they didn't just get saved and go to church every week. Some of them packed up their bags and went with him and preached the gospel with him. And so he says, Onesimus is one of you. Epaphras, he's one of you. Ain't you glad God can use folks in Folkestone? Ain't you glad God can use folks in St. George? Old Brother Clinton would be in bad shape if he didn't because he don't like to leave St. George at all. Uh, I can see him sitting back there every week. I can see what's on his mind. Tears is going down his eyes sometimes. And I know he's having a good time in church, but it's almost like he can read it on his forehead. I can't wait to get back to St. George. (laughs) Uh you talk about a homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's all right. There ain't nothing with liking where you're from. A lot of times, people sit around, and I'll give you this, Brother Clint. A lot of times, fellas will sit around there and say, I wish I was in New York, or I wish I was in Philadelphia, or I wish I was someplace where something's happening. Why don't you just get where God put you and make something happen right there? Yeah, I mean, God put us in a place where we can get together and love one another and serve one another, and we don't have to worry about what's going on in Texas and what's going on in Delaware and what's going on in North Carolina god can do some things right here god can take one of us he said epaphras which is one of you god can take one of you and do something with you he certainly can you say "How, brother mike through prayer through prayer we'll get to that in a little bit with onesimus a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you they shall make known unto you all things that are, which are done here or oh, nothing done in secret in the church Verse 10, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus' sister, son to Barnabas, uh, touching whom you receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Now, verse number 12, it's going to be my text verse here. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you might stand perfect and complete in the will of God, in all the will of God. I about read that wrong. I about read that like we think. (laughs) Uh, We think will of God when we should be thinking about all the will of God. Uh, The Christianity is all-encompassing in your life. Did you know that? It's not just something we do on Sunday or something that we do on Wednesday. Christianity Christianity should overtake all of our lives. I mean, one of these days, this world is going to be done away with. We had kind of an impromptu Sunday school class. It wasn't much good, but we covered the facts anyway. Uh, but I tell you what, the one of these days, this world and its goods and its, and its money and its houses and its land, it's all going to be done away with and all we're going to be left with is what was done for Christ. That's all we'll be left with. Uh, Your rewards will be according to to what you've done for Christ. Your reign and glory with Christ will be according to what you've done for Christ. It ain't going to be according to how much money you had in the bank. It ain't going to be according to how many acres you hold. It ain't going to be according to none of that stuff. It's going to be according to... Uh, to your service to God in all the will of God he said that you may stand pure. now I'm glad about this if you read Ephesians t- chapter 1 it says ye are complete in him that's fulfilled that's fulfilled you're complete in him boy I'm thank God I ain't got to add nothing to boy because I'm not a good adder <laughs> uh, my addition falls short once in a while I mean I was raised in the mountains just like you was raised in the swamp we ain't too good at mathematics One of my youngins asked me what algebra was. I said, just one of them things. (laughs) Uh, That's as good an answer as I can come up with. If it's some kind of math, I don't know nothing about it. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad I ain't gotta add nothing to it. He said, You're complete. Ain't it good to know you're sitting here this morning complete in him? Yes. And that when he died on your cross on the cross, he said it is finished. That truly was a true statement. He wasn't just kidding, he wasn't joking around. He wasn't making small talk to entertain the Roman centurions. When he said it's finished, there was something to that. He said you're complete in him. Uh, but that word perfect, now we got some we got a ways to go right there. Amen. He said, this prayer is that you're perfect and complete, not just complete. Uh, And that perfection, it's not sinlessness. If it was, we'd all be hurting, wouldn't we? Which one of us this morning came in sinless? Just go ahead and raise your hand so we can kick you out. You'll be messing up the, the, the atmosphere here if you're perfect, as, if perfect means sinless. But perfect don't mean sinless. It means that you'd be a mature Christian. That you be, uh, that you learn and understand the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're, you you do not even, you don't just know them, but you're established in them. And you're, you've got assurance in your heart. I mean, uh, if you can't be assured in the Lord Jesus Christ, then, uh, you're unbalanced. You're unbalanced and you're going to have trouble. And I'm not saying that to throw stones at you and make you look like a lesser Christian. I'm saying that this morning to help you understand that the reason that you're unstable and the reason that things fall apart is you're standing on shaky ground and the stable ground is there for you. You can live a stable, controlled life under the Spirit of the living God. Yes, sir. That's where the power is. He said that he labors fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Boy, that's what I want. I don't think, listen, I don't think, I mean just the way my mind is, I don't think that I'll die perfect. I don't think so. I don't believe I'll ever attain to it. Now Paul talked like there were some folks in his day that was perfect. He said, let as many of us as perfect be thus minded. He said uh, that uh, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. There's some people that have statements in every aspect of my life. I don't think I'm going to reach perfection, but I'm going to be reaching for it. Yeah. I'm going to be found reaching. I hear about the fellow. I got his name wrote down in one of my Bibles. I can't recall it. I got so many things running through my mind this morning. I can't recall his name, but he was over there in the war, and he stepped on a mine over in Vietnam. He stepped on a mine, and it blowed one of his legs off, and it blowed his arm off. And uh, he was sitting there when they found him. When they come and found him, he was doing this. He said, "What was he doing, brother Mike? He was reaching for his weapon. I mean, he done blowed his leg off and blowed his arm off. But one thing he knew, the enemy was coming. And he was reaching for that weapon. You know, he never going to get that weapon. He ain't got no arm, but he was reaching." <laughs> I mean, I know what I'm made of. I know where my shortcomings are. I know where I come short. I know what my faltering is. I know what my failing is. But when the Lord comes, I want Him to find me reaching. (laughs) I may not have the arms to reach. I may not have the power to reach. I may not have the strength to reach. I may not even have the character to reach. But I'm going to be reaching. I may never grab the prize, but I'm going to be pressing forward towards the mark. That's exactly what I want to be doing. I want to be found that way, you see It's the desire in my heart. I want to, that's what I want to be. I don't always well, I come short of it plenty of times, don't you? Yes, uh, but when I fall, I like that little song it says, when I, fall, when I fall down, I want to get back up because I didn't start out to play. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. Yes, sir. So when I fall down, I want to get back up. If I don't get back up, number one, I'm going to give an account of myself. But if I don't get back up, I might discourage you. If you don't get back up, you might discourage me. You don't know, but what I might be looking for you every week. Now, I know if old brother so-and-so is sitting there, or old sister so-and-so is sitting there, I mean, that encourages me. And when I come in, I look around, I don't see him. I might say, Amen. That's right. And they might be just somebody. Josh, they might be just somebody come in and look for you. Brother Curtis, they might be somebody come in and look for you and say, Oh. Mm. And be discouraged over it. That's the way the Christian life works, you know. There ain't one of us. Listen. I, you know, we like to think well of ourselves. and I like to think I could hang on a little while. But Brother Clay, I'll just tell you what. I'm not strong enough to live the Christian life by myself. yeah. Right. No, sir. No, sir. No. When the Lord sent out the disciples, did He send them out one by one or did He send them out two by two? He sure did. Boy, you need a friend to serve God with. Yes, sir. And here are these people in Colossians. This the, uh, the, the, the town is called Colossae. You understand? C-O-L-E-S-S-E. I hope that's the way you spell it. But anyway, uh, these Colossians here, this was one of their friends. This is one of their brethren in Christ. He said, this fellow has been laboring for you. Have you been laboring for one another? Have you been praying for one another? If you have, I want to tell you this morning, if you want to get started, this is just in case you want to get started this morning. Working with and serving with one another. Of course, we serve the Lord. You understand? But we serve with one another. I want to tell you this morning how you can do it. He says, uh, look back in verse number 12 one more time. He says, "A papyrus who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Now I want to talk to you this morning. If you're going to labor for one another, the best way you can do it is by prayer. Sometimes I don't have the money to fix your money problems. Sometimes I don't have the wisdom to fix your... Uh, mental problems, <laughs> you wouldn't think folks would have mental problems, do you? And I don't mean that like you're crazy or insane, I just mean that as you live your life day by day, thoughts and fears and desperations arise that I don't always have the wisdom to fix, but I know the man that created the mind. <laughs> I know the one that fashioned my frame, and I know if he's able to speak peace to me, I know if he's able to comfort me, I know if he's able to guide me, If I, I know if he's, if he's able to instruct me, I know He'll be able to do the same for you. So if I'm going to help you, if you're going to help me, we're going to have to pray for one another. If we're going to have to, listen, the only person that can fix the problems, we think if we hire the right guy, or elect the right mayor, or elect the right fella, that the town will be okay. That's not the case. We need God. We need God to fix our problem. We think America, oh, it's going to rise and fall by who the president is. No, no sir, no sir. Matter of fact, uh, God gives the president according to how we are. Yes sir I mean uh he don't lead us. we lead him whether whether we realize that or not if if you get a, a lazy people, if you get a unfaithful people, if you get an unstable people, well, that's the kind of leadership that's going to follow, and they're just going to take you right down the path you wanted to go in the first place. The thing is, we don't need a better president, we need a better focus, we need a better determination, we need a better stability when it comes to worshiping our God and serving in our God. And so I want to tell you this morning, first of all, we need prayer. That's my one point message. Now i got a few sub-points under that, I'm going to talk about a few things, but this morning, number one, first and foremost, and all the way through the issue, we need to pray. We need to get back to prayer. We need to get down on our knees and pray. Listen, you need to take time out of your day to pray. And the best way to do it, the very best men in the Bible, they prayed three times a day. That wouldn't hurt us to do that, would it? I mean, just think how much you're going to have. Brother Mike, if I pray, will all my problems and trials go away? No. I just want to be honest with you. Sometimes men will stand in the pulpit and they'll say, if you'll do this and if you'll take your little checklist and you'll check off all this stuff and you'll do the things that I tell you to do, you won't have a problem in the world. The only problem with that is those promises seem to come short. Uh, You're going to have... The Lord said as long as you're in this earth, you're going to have the poor, you're going to have the troubles, you're going to have tribulations, you're going to have trials. All these things are going to come to pass. But with the Lord... There's great joy. Yes, sir, with the, with the Lord there's great stability. Now look, what would it be like if you spent your whole life going from one defeat to the next defeat to the next defeat to the next defeat and all the while you're telling people around you you believe in the Lord Jesus and the testimony that your life is given to them is they see the professing Christian who's going through defeat after defeat after defeat after defeat after defeat. After defeat. Your testimony is going to be that God is not able. But if you through prayer get the victory, then you're going to say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the world is going to witness the fact that you believe and you pray and you just go from one victory to the next. Boy, he sure does have a lot of problems, don't he? Boy, he sure is going through a lot of tribulations. But I know one thing, he comes through it all. I mean, I mean, everything that comes against all that old boy, I mean, he just uh, keeps a smile on his face and prays, and somehow... And that's a big somehow. That's a capital somehow. Uh, I started of say it's a capital S somehow, but every word in that, every letter in that word is a capital letter. Because I tell you what, almost every time I'm about to listen, I'm just, uh, I don't have a lot of faith either. I, I mean, I just tell you what, most of the time I get by the skin of my teeth. I wish I could stand up and say I was a great man of faith. And, oh, just, I can't do that. I take most of the time when I'm beginning to go through trouble. I'll scamper around a little bit and see if I can't get out of it. But then after God brings me through it, I mean, I, got, I mean get down on your knees and pray over it and face the thing and accept the responsibility of the thing and go through the thing and then after it's all over with, you can stand there and say, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, that's right. You ever been through something like that? Yeah. I'm especially that way if you got to go to the hospital or something. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, that can shake me up. Financial trouble? Oh, what am I going to (laughs) do? Financial troubles are real bad when you ain't got no money, you know that? (laughs) What am I going to do? But God provides every time. God provides every time. Oh, Brother Richard in here the other last week, he joined the church, him and his family. And his testimony was that he has not done without. Been without a job. Uh, more than 10 months I forget what he said 18 months but but God had been faithful to him and has not done without oh that's right and we just get used to God taking care of us see we used to take care of ourselves Amen. but we need to get used to God taking care of us you say what are you saying brother Mike? I'm saying we need to learn to pray prayer if it signifies nothing else signifies that you depend on God God knows what you need God sees the problems that you're going through God sees the trials that you're going through God sees every problem that's in your path but he wants you to depend on him when you get down on your knees and say God I'm about to face this trouble you're not revealing nothing to him he knew it already matter of fact he saw it before you did matter of fact he probably put it there he, not revealing nothing to Him. But what it shows is when you get down on your knees, it shows you depend on Him. Amen. And I want to depend on Him. I want to depend on Him. Because I've depended on me several times and didn't much come of it. Amen. But every time I've ever depended on Him, listen, I depend on Him. I come down to the altar and pray in front of people or all by myself. Don't make no difference. I come down to the altar and pray. I would pray in front of the President. wouldn't bother me a bit. Amen. No, sir. Matter of fact, if he called me and invited me to come up to where he's at, which he'll never do, but if he did, I'd say, you have to give me a couple of days to pray on that. <laughs> Might not be the will of God. I'm not worried about who's in the building before I pray. If there's nobody in the building, I pray. If the building's full, I pray. Don't bother me. You say, why? Because I'm talking to God that's bigger than every one of us. <laughs> and if, everyone, if everybody in this town, you know, the devil, if just as soon as you start working for God, the devil will try to embarrass you over it. But they'll think you're funny. They'll think you're a bigot. They'll think you. They'll think you're one of them fanatics. I don't care if they think I'm a fanatic or not. Right. I've got this thing. I mean, uh, the Lord has really lit a fire, and it's not because I'm great or anything. It's just the Lord's lit a fire under me, and the Lord's rebuked me over it. You don't think the Lord's going to let me stand up here and preach straight to you, and God not preach straight to me? The Lord said, you need to get busy with your witness and your you're handing out tracts and such as that. And witness, not just hand out tracts and let that be the end of it. I'm talking about engaging people about their eternal destination. The Lord's lit a fire under me about that. I mean, you've got to get to the point where if they laugh at you, fine. If they reject you, fine. If they don't want to talk to you, fine. If you lose a friend, you don't want to lose a friend. But if you lose a friend for the cause of Christ... Fine, as long as God is, is with me and helping me and leading me and guiding me and bringing me through, who cares what this world thinks? Amen. Who cares? Right. The world had not helped you, have they? No. They helped you got in, get in trouble. Right. They helped you got in trouble. They helped you get in trouble. Yeah. And they helped you dress wrong and act wrong and think wrong and ruin your life and, and come out with bad results after bad result, after bad result, They helped you there. They'll help you do wrong. Right. Ain't it funny how young'uns will help each other sneak out of the house at night and get away from mom and daddy, but they will not help you come to church? Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, Josh must be guilty. he over there it. <laughs> the world will help you do all that stuff. The world will help you do every kind of... They'll help you get a six-pack of beer. Yeah. Why won't they get up early Sunday morning and drive you to church? That's right. Because they don't care for your soul. But I know one. Old David said, I looked to my left hand. And I look to my right. And no man cared for my soul. Some people might be interested in your friendship. Somebody might even take a dollar out of their pocket. If you need a dollar or two. Some men might help you that far. But not very many people care for your soul. And I need soul help. You need soul help. You need help that goes past your skin, deep down into your soul. I better get on with the preaching. I promised a short message, didn't I? I got carried away. I I just come down from the heaven. I don't run no rabbits. Uh, But he says, look here, what he says. I want to give you just a few things this morning. Maybe four things of the kind of prayer we need. Look what he says. uh, uh, Epaphras. I'm glad I'm not named Epaphras, ain't you? I-, I, grew up, I grew up, Brother Henry, I was kind of ashamed of my middle name, Eugene. <laughs> uh, Eugene sounds kind of like a little dork. I can say that's my name. <laughs> so I can make fun of my own name, can't I? Uh, I've made enough people mad picking on them, I will pick on myself for a little while. I grew up, you know, kind of ashamed of Eugene. And the word, well, we won't go into that. But anyway, when I was born, my name wasn't Easter. My name was Underwood. I've not had very much luck with uh with names. I was born Underwood, so there at the first people said, "Hey, underwear." <laughs> uh, and my middle name was Eugene. 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 Uh, it was, uh, then I then my mama met another man. That, you know, that was, I guess I was about four years old. She remarried a man with the last name of Easter, and then it was Easter Bunny for the rest of my life, and Easter egg or I smell rotten Easter egg or you know, one of those things. So I hadn't had very, but at least it wasn't a papyrus or, or, or one Simus out of verse nine. Onesimus. Uh, but anyway a papyrus who is one of you a servant of Christ saluteth you always laboring fervently i want to just use that little sentence right there and tell you a couple of prayers that we need how about always prayers that's right how about that see what it says saluteth you always laboring fervently there's my lesson outline right there we need always prayers we don't need just sometimes prayers We don't need prayers just when things are bad or just when we need something from God. That produces instability. I don't want to be up or encouraged or zealous or on fire for God just when I need something. Lord, I'll come to church because I need You. Or Lord, I'll pray because I need You. Or Lord, I'll do this if You'll help me. Or Lord, I'll tell somebody about the Lord if You'll help me. Or Lord, I'll put a dollar in the plate if You'll help me. No, sir. If God don't help us, we still need Him. Yeah, right. We were talking about them three Hebrew children this morning in Sunday school. They said, look, King, we're not bowing down and worshiping your God if He don't help us, if He don't do nothing for us. We're not going to bow down and worship your God because He's not the true God. Your little God is not the true God. We're going to worship our God if it kills us. Yeah, right. Well, listen, if, the, if your job falls apart, and I, I don't want your job to to fall apart, you understand? I hope everybody in here keeps their job and keeps their money and keeps their livelihood. I would never say something as stupid as say, I hope everything falls apart for you. I want everything to go good for you. But listen, the same God that you can depend on in the bad times is still God when the good times come along. He's worth worshiping when you need something, but He's worth worshiping when you're living on the mountaintop. He's worthy to be worshiped. He's worthy. I mean... You ought not to. Listen, most of the time you serve God because you're afraid something bad is going to happen. Well, just like you serve Him because you're afraid something bad is going to happen, you can serve Him because you're glad that you're in a good spot. Amen. He just sung the song just a minute ago. Got so much to thank Him for. Boy, that's the time to serve Him. I mean, when Israel was blessed, they went astray. David said, when I was afflicted, I came back. God, God throughout the whole Testament... Uh, throughout, throughout the whole Old Testament, was looking for somebody to serve him when times was good, yeah. when there wasn't no wars, when there wasn't no Jericho to march around, when there wasn't no Red Sea to cross, when there wasn't no wilderness of sin, when there wasn't no dry land, when there wasn't no di- when everything was rosy, and they had plenty to eat and when they had plenty to drink and when they had when they had no enemies, when they had rest. The Bible says when Solomon became king, they had rest from all their enemies. God gave them rest. Didn't have no wars. Didn't have no wars. That's when God wants us to stick with Him. Amen. I mean, have always pray. Pray when times are rough. Listen, uh, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you pray all the time? And when hard times come, you just double up. Amen. Then you might get so used to praying doubled up that when the good times come, you might just keep right on going. Right. I mean, just make a habit out of it. You've got to pray all the time. Just keep on doing it. It ain't going to hurt you. I never I never got up from prayer hurting. Hung over. People get up out in the world and they get all drunk and stupid. Wake up the next morning. About 12 o'clock. The next night when they finally get their mind cleared they call up their buddies. Didn't we have a time last night? No you didn't you big dummy. But I tell you what. We had a time. We had a time Wednesday night. I think we had a time just a little bit ago. Amen. I mean, I want to see more times like that. Amen. But listen, God. If you read James chapter one, God don't bless instability. He don't bless sometimes prayers. He'll be Listen, He'll be merciful to you when you are first saved. Oh, I thank God. I thank God that He likened salvation to like the birth of a new baby. I didn't, require, I didn't require nothing of my children until they was at least five or six years old. Did you? I mean, you didn't make them go out and change your spark plugs when they was three years old. You wouldn't put a two-year-old on dishwashing detail, would you? You'd be eating dirty dishes and broke dishes and you'd go broke trying to replace them all, wouldn't you? I'm glad God's merciful to us a long time. When we're first saved, most of the time we just pray when we... When we need something. But as you grow as a Christian, you're going to realise, hey, there's a bunch of other people that need something too. That's right. And not only that, needs are not the only thing to pray about. mm mm-hmm. Sometimes you can just pray, Thank God for you for your goodness. Thank God you've been merciful to me. Thank God you saved that brother. And thank God for what you've done over there. And look how good you are. Thank God for your word. Thank God for your word. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for your word. We'll come back to that. I guess the word don't get his. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you always. And then laboring prayers. Laboring prayers. Laboring prayers. Listen, sometimes prayer can be like labor. Over in the Old Testament, it was like to a wrestling match with Jacob. When the Lord Jesus Christ was facing the cross, he labored in prayer. Sweat that became like great drops of blood. That's laboring right there. I mean, when you're sweating blood, that's labor right there. Uh, it's exerting. It's a, It's working. Uh, sometimes it can be hard to pray. Sometimes, listen. You know what? One of the hardest times I find to pray is after a good long period of just sinful thought. Then it's hard to pray. But it's still God still requires you're still His son. You're still there, son. God wants you to labor in prayer. Sometimes it's not fun. To, sometimes, Brother Clint, let me make this promise to you. Sometimes it's fun to pray. I've seen times where we've prayed and within 30 minutes, God answered a prayer.
1: Yeah. That's fun. That's right.
0: yeah. I could do that all day long, couldn't you? Yes, yeah, sure. One time we prayed a prayer and here we said, God, give old Josh a car. 30 minutes. Boom! That's fun. Yeah. I called everybody. Hey, brother Allen, guess what? We prayed for a car. And Thirty minutes later, Wow. yes, sir. I've seen it. I've seen. Listen, I've seen times where some of you folks were getting hard. Y'all don't think I see everything, but here, but I see. I see what's going on out there. Like old brother Mark says, your forehead doesn't break out in words. I can see what's going on. but instead of getting mad, listen, I've seen times where I've went home and prayed for you, and then right before a service, come in and say, now God. Help him, help him, help him, help him, help him, help him. When it'd been easier just to get mad. Oh, they ain't a good Christian. Oh, they're not a good Christian. She's not a good Christian. It would have been e- that would have been the easy part, but laboring in prayer a little bit and then you come into service, 25-30 minutes later somebody's singing a song and you say ho, 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 I like it when folks go to shedding tears and blowing snot. That means something's going on. Now if you're talking about the funeral home, I'm not too interested in that. If you're talking about the church house, I like it. Amen. I like I like to see God answer prayers. Sometimes it's good, sometimes sometimes prayers is fun, so it's a lot of fun. But sometimes it's a labor. Sometimes your flesh is not adequate to prayer. What's been going on in your mind and what's been going on in your heart and the things you desire, I tell you, I'll tell you what the... I tell you what. I tell you when it's the hardest to pray. I know this for a fact. Right when you come home from work. Hard to pray then. I mean, you've been out driving nails or pushing a pencil all day or sitting at a computer, and you come home and sit down, and you want to kill somebody. You don't want to pray. You're in a state of homicide, not a state of prayer. That's exactly right. And you drive home on the way, you drive home on the way from work and somebody cuts you off and, and you, I can't repeat what you say. <laughs> so I just have to no, 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 no. I just have to throw a little bit of gibberish in there. You're not in you're not in the mood to pray. You're not in the mood to pray. Somebody says something that makes you mad, y'all got a wife? Yes, <laughs> sir. Uh. If you got a wife, things don't go your way all the time. I'm the man of my house. You're right. <laughs> not if you want to stay happy, you ain't. Nah. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying anything against you being. The, I hope you are the head of your house. But if you got a wife, you know, whether you're the head of your house or not, things don't go your way all the time. <laughs> oh, y'all pray for me. I live with four women. Uh, God help us God help us God help us brother Richard Uh, things don't always go your way when things ain't going your way you don't feel like praying yes sir I mean do we need to go through all the I mean ladies that fella don't wash dishes does he he don't vacuum the floor does he oh you got an exception right there I mean, a man don't usually do that stuff. I don't mind working in the yard. Do you fellas? That makes me feel good. Vacuuming, the—they just something about. There ain't nothing a man cares about along that neighborhood right there. No, sir. Now a man go right out in the yard and do the same thing. That's fine. He's close to nature. He's out there in the dirt where God made him. Right. Yes sir, I don't mind getting the dirt just so long as it ain't out of carpet. I don't mind that a bit. I mean, well ladies, you expect him to do some things and he don't do what you expect, does he? No. Yes sir. <laughs> <laughs> such a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he don't do what you expect I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing let me give you a little secret if you want him to do a little something don't say nothing about it that's all just don't say nothing about it just kind of emphasize it a little bit if screen doors broke slam it every time you go out don't say fix the screen door (laughs) he ain't going to fix that thing not as long as you tell him to but if you go out and slam it every time just so he'll think. Screen door. Put that little thought in his head. Men are easily led, unless it's by the Holy Ghost, then they're not very easily led. You just if you tell him to do it, he's not gonna do it. I promise you that. You leave him a note on the count, he's not gonna do that. Not gonna do it. Not if he's a man he ain't. You go out and slam it about seven or eight times. He'll fix it. I'll tell you what you do. Wait till he starts taking a nap. Then slam it. And he'll fix it where it can't be slammed. He'll take it down. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Oh, where was I going? Oh, yeah. Things are not always going to go your way. You're not always going to want to pray. But you've got to pray anyway. Listen, when you get disgusted with the things of this life, whether it be your husband or your wife... You know, we don't want to be we we don't want to be unbalanced here. There's problems on both sides of the issue, and when we see those problems, man, it just it fills us up. We get angry before we want to pray. Boy, you get to praying and labor. Labor, listen, labor. And listen, let's make it a spiritual application here this morning, not just our physical lives. When it's hard to go to church, when it's hard to serve God, when it's hard to read your Bible, when it's hard to do those things, when it's hard to just keep doing the basic and simple things that God requires of us to do, that's the time, that's the very time that you need to get down and call out to God. God help us, and God lead us, and God guide us. We need Always prayers. We need continuing prayers. In other words, we need laboring prayers. And then we need fervent prayers. So, what's fervent prayers mean? Fervent means fiery or extreme. What we need is some fanatics, is what we need. Uh, fervency is what you feel, what you feel, not me, what you feel for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I can't stand them anyway. And especially since they're being bought by uh, one of them. Uh, Middle Easterner dudes, I definitely ain't going to watch them now. I'll tell you that right now. I ain't watching no National Football League game that's owned by a raghead. I just ain't going to do it. So, Brother Mike, that's that's bigotry. You got that right. <laughs> uh, football's an American sport. If I'm going to watch an American sport, I'm going to watch one owned by an American. Now, if he's an American, I don't care if he's black. I don't care if he's white. I don't care if he's brown. I don't care if he's pink with purple polka dots, as long as he's American. That's fine with me. I don't care nothing about that. But uh, you watch the Jacksonville Jaguars. You just go. But I tell you what, when you're watching it and you see that old fella break around the end zone, uh, around the end of the, uh, the the line down there and run for eighty yards, I know how you you say, "What is that, brother?" That's fervency. Yes, sir. Go, 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 go. And then you realize everybody's looking at you. Don't never watch football with people you go to church with. Because <laughs> uh, when things get on at church and they see you over there going, I just don't believe in all this shouting. What are all these people carrying on about? Just nudge them next time and say, Somebody scored a touchdown. <laughs> uh, uh, the preacher just made a three-pointer. Oh, Oh. Yeah, half of don't know where you're at half the time anyway but every once in a while you ladies will look up and you you were sitting there planning your meal you thought you was in your kitchen and somebody said amen brought you back to reality yeah. yes sir I've seen it happen before I've seen people come to the realization I've seen people sit on the pew and come to the realization they were still in church <laughs> fall right off to sleep Slobber running down, (laughs) dreaming you're at home or something. Wake up with all these people looking at you. I'm in church. Oh my goodness! (laughs) What is that stuff in front of the television? That's fervency. I've seen kids uh, uh, exert fervency to get to go to the mall. I want to go to the mall. I want to go to the mall. Oh, I seen this kid in the store the other day. Thank God he wouldn't mind. I'd give him to the state. This kid was in there. His daddy was trying to get him up to the counter. And every time his daddy would get him to the counter and start to pay, he would run off over here and grab something off the shelf. I want this! I want this! I want this! I want it! Third it down in the floor. <laughs> you can't hit kids that's not yours. You can't hit your own. His daddy might need a woman, Yes, sir. That's exactly right. You say, what is that? Well, it's rebellion first of all. But I'll tell you what it is on the other side of the story. Fervency. I mean, they want it, boy. For there's a lot lot in kin with zeal and fervency. Now, don't be rebellious. I'm not saying that. Don't pitch a fit in public. If you want to go pray in public, that'll be all Right. right. I encourage that. I certainly do encourage that. Not rebellion all that other stuff. I said all that to say this. When we going to get some fervency about the things we want from God? I mean, call out to God. Cry out to God. You remember when you was a little baby and you wanted something? A little boy, a little girl and you wanted something? I mean, it broke your heart when you didn't get it. I mean, I guess that goes for adults too. They want things they can't get. I mean, but I'm talking about now spiritual things. When you want peace and can't get it when you want some real uh, stability and can't get it, when you want deliverance and you can't get it, I mean when you keep failing at the same things over and over, Uh, eventually if you stick with God and if God's grace and mercy is good to you and if He allows you to stay in there and gives you the strength to stay in, eventually you're going to quit getting down on your knees and saying, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You'll quit praying those prayers after a while, and you'll get down and you'll just, you'll want something from God so bad. You'll say, God, please help me and save me and help me and lead me and guide me and deliver me and help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. me." You don't even got to really know what you're talking about. Just beg Him and plead with Him and call out to Him. I mean, you ever got in a desperate situation like that? Brother Curtis, I've had sins in my life I was desperate to get rid of. Desperate to get rid of. I hated them, and I wanted them gone. And because I'm still wrapped in this place, it seemed like they end up beating me. That's right. And you've got to get mad sometimes. And just say, God, help me with it. Get excited over it. I mean, boy, when I think about the things that's going on this day and time, I think about. I think about people robbing other people and stealing stuff, and uh, air conditioners getting stolen out of churches, and youngins are getting stolen. I mean, the people in this day and time, they don't got no character, brother Henry. They don't got no character whatsoever. But I think about people trying to steal something from me. It makes me mad, boy. That's right. you ought not never lose a pistol. I mean, you ought to keep, you want to keep tracking stuff like that. But I lost my pistol the other day. I couldn't find it. Boy, I got upset. I thought somebody had come in my house and took my pistol. The pistol, that's replaceable. But the safety of my home, that's a different story. If somebody come in and stole something, I'd hate to lose those things. I remember my cousin a couple years back, somebody come in and stole a couple thousand dollars worth of stuff from him. You know what bothered him? Not that the stuff was gone. Insurance would replace that. You know what bothered him? Somebody come in his house. You know what it caused? It caused me getting mad. I came home from work one day and somebody had I had my four-wheeler up in the back of my truck and I had my truck backed in my garage. This is when we lived in Delaware. And somebody, some little punk, came over to my house while I was at work and pushed my truck out of the garage and rolled... They busted my taillight out of my truck while they was doing it. But they rolled my four-wheeler out of the back and rolled it off. I should have locked it up a little better, I guess, but I don't think I ought to have to lock my stuff. That's right. I think I ought to be able to leave it sitting right out in broad daylight if if I want to and nobody mess with it. You say why? Well, Cause it's mine. That's right. Boy, I was mad. State trooper come over. Well, I don't think we'll ever see this again. I'll give you a report. You can turn it into the to the insurance and they'll pay for it. I said, no, they won't. They're not going to pay for that. I said, ain't. I said, no. That's not right. I went to work the next day and I said, look, I, I'm leaving here and I'll be back tomorrow the next day one. I said, but somebody stole my four-wheeler and I'm going to go find it. You know what I've done? I went on door-to-door visitation. Did y'all see my four-wheeler come by here? Y'all seen a little four-wheeler? I went 30 miles asking questions. And this man at the store, I went in there to get me a drink. I said, hey, you see a four-wheeler come by here yesterday? He said, you know what? There's a little kid who lives right down the street. I know he ain't got no sense and he ain't got no money, so I know he ain't got no four-wheeler. He came in here yesterday and put gas in a nice red four-wheeler. I said, where does he live? I went and knocked on his door and got my four-wheeler back. You say, what was that? Fervency. That was Determination you're not going to come in my house and take my goods. I'm coming to find you. Yeah, right. You're not going to break in the church and steal the air conditioner. I'm coming to looking for you. Amen. You're not going to take my kids. I'm going to kill you. Amen. That's right. you're, not going to, you're not going to lead them wrong. I'll lead my kids. Yeah, right. So when 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 something arises, Brother Clint, I mean, you can always go to God and say, God, I need to help you. Firmacy. To that. That's a good prayer for a little young to learn. Yeah. But there's times you got to grow up. Yeah. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Hey, when you become a man, you're going to have to put away childish prayers too. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have to call out to God. You're going to have to get determined that you're going to get your prayers answered. And pray all night if you have to. Pray all day if you have to. That's right. Always prayers. Continual prayers. Laboring Prayers. Fervent prayers. And then look, he says, Always laboring fervently for you that you may stand perfect and complete. We can put a lot of things in there, but I'll just say this. Purposeful prayers. Purposeful prayers. Pray for a purpose. God, help Brother Mike do such and such and be specific. God, help Brother Richard be specific. God, help me be specific. Tell God what you're depending on Him for. Purposeful prayers. He said, this fellow is praying for you that you'll be perfect and complete. They're intercessory prayers. They're prayers for somebody else. They're prayers for yourself. Be specific. Be specific. Be specific. Tell God what you want. And then verse 13, look at this. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea. You know, sometimes I think what we need before we ever get really a spirit of prayer is some zealousness. I mean, we just get tired of living the way we're living and get tired of being defeated all the time. And we see what God can do. There's going to come a time in your life, listen, if you'll follow Christ long enough, there'll come a time in your life when you'll realize that God can do whatever you need Him to do. I didn't say whatever you wanted Him to do. I'm saying whatever you need Him to do, He can do for you. And when you realize that He is the only one that can do for you, you'll approach Him with the same zeal that you approach everything else in your life from this point on back. I mean, before you knew about God and before you knew about the Lord, you put 100% intensity in the I mean, if you wanted a four-wheel valve truck, your whole purpose in life was that four-wheel drive truck. If you wanted a new hunting rifle, everything in your power was exerted towards getting that hunting rifle. When you wanted that girl to go out with you, you've done everything in the world putting on under the other to get that girl. I mean, everything. Everything you could possibly do, you've done to get that girl. You girls, when, when you started wanting that man, you done everything in the world. You, you put on that smell good stuff and painted your eyelids black and batted them at him, right? Wait and smile. I'm still waiting for some of them dating smiles. Ain't you she got me? I'll get her. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Brother Nathan, when they dating, they go, when you're married they go is that the truth yes sir (laughs) Uh, I got one brave enough to go with me me and him will be sleeping out there with King tonight (laughs) yes sir before you knew the Lord you put everything everything you could think of into getting your way and getting what you wanted And you realize none of that stuff satisfies. None of that, I mean, listen, you get get the finest job in the world. The Lord can still make it where that fine job can't do you a lick of good. That's right. You get the best, you know what? We get these great, wonderful things. We think if I get this fine car, I'll ride all over town. People look. Nobody's going to be looking at you. That's right. Nobody. Kid get us. I'll get this hot rod, I'll get the prettiest girl in school. It don't work. That stuff don't work. (laughs) If I get this rifle right here, I'll get the biggest deer. Right. No, you've got to be able to shoot to get the deer. That's right. you, you gun when I was a kid, you know what they started telling me on commercials? If you'll get Air Jordans, you can dunk a basketball. No, it's not in the shoes. It's in your genetics. Oh, man. Right. It's in the shoes. It's not in the shoes. Let me tell you something in the Christian aspect it's in the prayers. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the prayers. Listen, all that stuff in the world—it never satisfied you one time. You're still beating your head against the wall if you're not praying. I'm desperate. I'm desperate. I'm... Well, stop being desperate and start getting delivered. Amen. Get on your knees and call out to God. He will answer your prayers. He will. He will. He will answer your prayers. He's able. Not only is He able, but He will. Yes, He will. Now, somebody said God is good the other day. I said He can't be nothing else. <laughs> God help me out of course He helped you out that's what He does God delivers of course He delivers that's what He does now just as soon as you figure that out you'll put as much zeal and as much intensity into getting a hold of God as you did getting a hold of the things of the world go after God like you go after your paycheck go after God like you went after that boy go after God like you went after that girl go after God go after God God. you say how do I do that always prayers continual prayers labor prayers fervent prayers and get some zeal get some, basically let me say that this way get some life in you somebody gets up here to sing don't 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 let the 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 don't let the um don't let the crickets out praise you out there <laughs> uh, sit up here somebody's getting ready to sing let me say this y'all get something to sing I love y'all singing uh, I, I can't find no better singing we got listen we got people all you may not believe this but you go on the website and check it out you go on our website and you go down at the bottom and you can click on there's a little earth down there and it's spinning around you go on that thing and you click on that thing it'll come up real big it takes it a few seconds to come up and it's the earth and there's a little yellow dots all over that that's where people have logged on to our website it's all over the world you know the constant feedback I get from our website they say y'all got the best Christian singing there is anywhere I'm talking about people from the Philippines. I'm talking about people from Romania. I'm talking about people from London. I'm talking about people from Ireland. I'm talking about people from Africa just a little bit. Nobody from South America yet. But you, the United States and Canada is filled up. People are look, logging on from every place and saying we got good singing. We certainly do. So I'm not saying nothing about that. Just be ready to sing when you get up here. Have something in mind. Before you even come to church, say, God, lead me. That's prayer. God, lead me. If I get called on to sing, what am I going to sing? And then somebody gets up here unprepared we call Brother Mike loves to put somebody on the spot. While you're getting ready, you hear this... Well, that's your cue. Silence is deadly on radio, but it's even more so deadly in the church house. It's time say, hey, I just want to thank God. You don't have to deliver a 45-minute sermon just get up and say, hey, God done this for me, God done that for me. And you start giving Him... The praise and glory for what He's done in your life. he lied us to do more for you. You can't never tell. right. Yes, sir. I mean, you say, what is that? Be Have some life to you. <laughs> that's not good for a church service. Yeah. Nobody ever got saved by the crickets. Yeah. Crickets cannot preach. They say the same thing over and over and over and over and over. They can't preach. No, sir. About like my preaching, but that's okay. Hey. <laughs> Have some life to you. Be ready to say amen. Be ready to stand up and give God the glory for what... Has God ever done something for you? sir. Well, amen. There you go then. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your goodness this morning. Thank You for Your love and for Your mercy. Lord, I thank You today, God. We're going to have a little dinner tonight, dear God, and some singing. And and we're going to have a good time tonight. I thank You, dear God, for the opportunity to do that. I thank You most of all, though, for what that represents, God. I thank you that your son was born. And Lord, we emphasize his death, burial, and resurrection, but we do thank you that Jesus Christ was born. And I thank you for that, God. I thank you for coming to a lost and dying world, God, and, and giving of yourself, dear God, that we might benefit. Thank you for that. God, this morning we preached on prayer, I pray with all my heart, I pray with all my heart and soul that your people, dear God, would go home and cry out to you, dear God, and depend on you. And and just call on your name, God. I think about old uh, old Enos, God. I think about in his days, or Seth, God. People started calling out your name, calling on your name. And God, I pray we start calling on your name again. It's hard times, it's bad times, it's rough times, dear God. And we've seen times in this country where we've been able to make more money and and all this kind of stuff like that. But God, I pray you'd help us to draw nigh to you now and realize that we can do more with prayer than we can with the a bank book, and we can do more with prayer than we can with our, our looks or our wisdom or our, any of that stuff, God. Our prestige, God. Help us to put that, st- that stuff aside, dear God. And if You've given us those things, help us to praise You, dear God, with our glory, God. Take the things uh, that are special that You've given to us, God. Take these things and use them for Your honor and glory. Help us to do that. Help us to call on Your name always. Help us to call on Your name in labor, dear God, even when it's hard to do. Help us to call on Your name fervently, dear God, and get some zeal in our life about seeing the right thing take place. We'll thank You for what You do. Thank You for Your goodness. Have mercy on me, God. Help me to be the preacher I ought to be. Help me, God, to, uh, to be what I ought to be. But God, make these messages real uh, to our hearts and lives. And I thank You for what You do. In Christ's name, I pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank You for coming this morning. You are dismissed.